What is up, everyone? Welcome back to Hours of Movies. My name is Brian. Happy New Year. I hope you celebrated it well. Um, yeah, welcome to 2021. We're still in the same bullshit, you know, so nothing's really changed other than I finished my goal of watching 366 movies in 366 days. I actually watched 367, snuck one in there. The last one was We Can Be Heroes, directed by the great and talented Robert Rodriguez. Been a good month for him. He did We Can Be Heroes, and apparently it was viewed by millions of family members since, you know, there's a lot of them staying home during the holidays. But he also did well with the Mandalorian episode he directed. I haven't got into that episode yet. There's really no rush for me to watch it. I think it's all right personally. But hey, I hear that episode is tight, so I can't wait to get to that one. And the one with Bill Burr and like the other ones that I won't spoil just because... I guess it's too soon, but I'll spoil those two because they're not really spoilers. Bill Burr and Robert Rodriguez, you know, they're just there. But the other two are spoilers, but I hear about that, and that sounds cool, I guess. But yeah, so since I watched a lot of movies, I decided to do uh, best and worst of uh, 10 best movies. I mean, worst movies is this episode, my bad. You know, you know it's always good to start with the worst, but also I intentionally try to watch really good movies i don't like watching bad movies because who does really i mean i know some people do it for fun but i honestly can never get the point of that if someone tells me it's a really bad movie you should watch it i usually go no i just don't care to waste an hour and a half to three hours to watch this shitty film just to sort of get a perspective of it of it of, of, of it, yeah, you know I mean, yeah, right, right, shit, uh, but yeah, and these are 10, I originally had 17, but I shrunk it down to 10, because it sounds, you know, cleaner, nicer, and yeah, the other seven I might talk about later, because they weren't the worst of the worst, these 10 were pretty bad, they were pretty shitty, and I mean, some of them had some moments where they could have been good or they had a specific thing about them that made them at least a 0.5 out of 5 instead of a 0 out of 5, you know? So, yeah, this is the 10 worst movies I watched this year. We're going to start it. Well, this is no this is in no particular order, by the way. This isn't from worst to the worst, you know? This is just the order I saw it in, you know, from January to December, this was the order they came out. So I saw this back in February, Midway came out in 2019. It is directed by Roland Emmerich and written by Wes Took. It is the story of the battle of Midway told by the leaders and the sailors who fought it. And if there's one thing a movie needs to have for me to really get into it, just because I can't, I have a hard time paying attention sometimes, you know, if it doesn't reel me in, like I'll start thinking about other stuff or my mind just starts, starts to wander. I don't know why it just does. Uh, so pacing is important. It really is. If a movie has terrible pacing, I can just check out immediately or after like 10 minutes or whatever, because it just does. And if it's really bad, I, I sometimes fall asleep. There's rare moments where I fall asleep while watching a movie. 
Um, I fell asleep watching Dumbo last year when it came out. That was pretty bad. That was the worst movie I saw last year, Dumbo. Uh, I fell asleep watching Rampage with The Rock, which is fucking sad because it's about monsters just causing a ruckus, destroying stuff. So I fell asleep to Midway. Um, it looks beautiful. The movie looks nice. You know, it has some good CGI. And there's obviously some good actors in it, like Woody Harrelson, Patrick Wilson, Darren Chris. Uh, the writing was okay, not too great, but, you know, the actors make it better. But damn, man, it is such a bore. I love history, but this was like having that substitute teacher come in for your history class and they just fuck it up for you. You're like, you're really into what you're learning this uh, fucking week. But then this sub comes in and he just ruins it for you, just talks in a monotone voice or just has you read the book, doesn't get into it at all. That's what I felt like, you know, that a boring substitute teacher took over the class and made it boring when you absolutely love history so that's how it was the the last scene i remember before i knocked out was nick jonas feeling super confident about to fly out he's uh putting his hands over his arms you know leaning back telling uh who knows who saying ah don't worry man i got this you know who i am i'm the best and he flies away knocked out as soon as i wake up again the movie was back to the main menu and i'm like huh all right uh, I think about giving it another shot, but usually if a movie didn't interest me, it usually takes me a year later to watch it. So maybe come around March or April if it's on, I'll try to check it out. All right, moving on to movie number two. This is th- this was one of the worst films I saw. Like when I saw it at the time, which was March, I thought, "Wow, this is probably going to be the worst film I've seen." But no, no. But it's still one of the worst. In the Tall Grass, it was released in 2019, directed and written by Vincenzo Natali. It is based off a book called In the Tall Grass by Stephen King and Joe Hill, his son. So it was a collab book that they both wrote. Apparently the book is cool, but this movie is garbage. Uh, So after hearing a young boy's cry for help, a sister and brother venture into a vast field of tall grass in Kansas, but soon discover they may be no way out and that something evil lurks within. Now, this is the second movie to have uh, an actor from the last one, Midway, Patrick Wilson. And Patrick Wilson was really good in Midway And the same thing can be said here. Patrick Wilson kicks ass in this fucking movie. He's like the only one here that was like, whew, this is bad. But hey, I might as well get my money and I might as well like, you know, put put in a good resume, you know, like make my resume fast. Like you were in that shitty movie in the tall grass. Yeah, but check out my stuff. I was really good in it. And that's what he was. He was super great in it. He becomes a possessed, you know, character later on. But he plays the psychotic uh personality so well because patrick olsen is usually you know the straightforward guy you know in the horror films he's usually a good guy so it's nice to see him be the bad guy in this and he knocks it out the park this movie is trash the writing is bad um the characters you just don't give a fuck about they all make terrible choices obviously but it's so annoying to the point where you're just like man just die and the movie was terrible i wanted it to be over after 10 minutes but since i just can never turn off a movie once i start it because it just feels wrong to do that i i mean i pu- i pushed through it and 
yeah, it was it was bad. It was pretty bad. So one of the worst. That was one of the worst. Top three, possibly. On to number three, The Gruesome Twosome. I saw this movie back in May. It is directed by Herschel Gordon-Lewis and written by Allison Louise Down. Now, this is a legend in the horror community. Uh, this guy, Herschel Gordon-Lewis, he does a lot of splatter comedy, and this is one of those movies. Uh, I tried to watch more, but I dislike this one so much. I'm like, you know what? I'll save it for another year. I just don't want to continue watching this. Maybe I watched the wrong one. I don't know what possessed me to pick the gruesome twosome. I'm pretty sure it was the name. Just made me chuckle. Go, this sounds, it sounds funny. And at first, you know, I I was interested in it. Uh, There was a four minute intro of just these uh, mannequin heads just talking weirdly, saying some weird shit. I'm like, man, this is about to be a trippy movie, is it? Nope, it was not. It's about a demented elderly woman, and she has her mentally ill son kill and scalp various young women to use their hair for a wig shop that she owns. And there's a co-ed that goes to a college where most of her friends, you know, have been disappearing from because of homeboy and his mom. And she goes into investigate what's happening. And the movie is terribly acted out i mean for me acting if an actor carries a film it gets a pass but everyone here was so bad that i felt sick watching the movie i don't know why but it put me in such a down mood where i had to like lay down because i just started feeling nauseous and i was not having fun man this movie was so annoyingly bad you know i probably watch it again to see if it puts me in that mood and if it does then that's some weird shit but yeah i might check out some more of herschel gordon lewis stuff i i did some more research there's a couple films people recommend to get into his kind of um style because this is his thing a splatter comedy i feel like a couple people might appreciate it for what it is it has some good makeup and the blood effects is terrific Herschel was a special effects artist, so, you know, he probably put more care into that aspect of his movies than everything else. But hey, you know, good for him for doing what he loved. Now, this movie was fucking trash. This is the worst movie I saw this year, and my girlfriend came back it because we both watched it. She chose to watch this movie. I I, I was going to avoid it just from the description alone. But I let her choose a film and she chose this one. And even she was like, dude, this is a very bad movie. Like when only like 20, 30 minutes into it, you know? So we both agree that this shit was trash. 365 days. It came out this year on Netflix. It is directed by Barbara Bialoas and Tomas Mandes, uh, Norwegian. I um, hope I'm pronouncing that right. Uh, it's a Norwegian name, I think, right? Yeah. Pretty sure. The screenplay is by both of them. Plus Blanca Lipsnika. Oh, I like her name. Blanca Lipsinska. I love Ska, so that's pretty tight. Now, this movie is utter garbage. It is about a member of the Sicilian Mafia, Massimo, and Laura, who is a sales director. She does not expect that on a trip to Sicily, trying to save her relationship, Massimo will kidnap her and give her 365 days to fall in love with him. Man, this movie is rapey. It makes um, 
what's her name? Laura looks stupid. Like, geez, her character went from being someone who was probably going to break free and become independent. And instead, she becomes brainwashed by this dude who has um, a flight attendant give him head, like, in the middle of just, like, after he just talked to someone about business. He also, like, like sleeps with a girl in front of Laura to get her jealous because, obviously, she doesn't want to be with Masismo. But then later, Laura falls in love with him. And then also, the way the way this dude says, baby girl... Fuck, dude, after like the seventh time, I just started gagging, man. Just him saying it over and over and over and over again was just terrifying. This was a horror movie, not an erotic thriller. This is a goddamn terrible film. I say avoid it. Fuck this movie. Like, it stuck so much that every now and then I just hear I just hear him say, baby girl, just randomly. I'm going on about my day and I hear, baby girl, and I get the shudders, man. Fucking bad movie worst movie i saw this year or last year no doubt about it now moving on to number five assassination nation released in 2018 i saw this back in june it is directed and written by sam levinson um after a malicious data attack hack my bad so after a data hack exposes the secrets of a small town in america called Salem. I'm pretty sure Salem, Massachusetts, but hey, there's a lot of Salem's apparently. Like, didn't know there was three Salem's in the East Coast alone. Like, what the fuck, man? How is there so many cities named after, like, the same thing, you know? Like, Springfield? There's a, there's a shit ton of them. But anyways, chaos descends and four girls must fight to survive while coping with the hacker themselves. Well, with the hack themselves, because everyone gets exposed. Teenagers, adults, teachers, parents, dogs that have social media accounts. By the way, what's up with that? I don't get it, but whatever. At least you get to see some cute animals, right? But damn, whenever they have those captions saying, mommy taking me out for a walk, that's when you're a little like, okay, stop, please. Anyways, the cover had me interested. It had four friends dressed in red with some big guns, and it was written and directed by Sam Levinson, who is also the creator of Euphoria. Now, I don't know if I really like Euphoria or if Zendaya carries it so well that I'm just interested in the show. But if you haven't seen Euphoria, check it out, but not Assassination Nation. Or if you like Euphoria, you actually might like Assassination Nation because they sort of have the same vibe and look and the edginess. That's what it is. This whole movie was boring and edgy. And even the action was whack and terribly choreographed. And I don't know, man. The movie just felt like it had some life to be good. But at the end, it wasn't. Near the end, I started thinking to myself, oh, maybe this movie is about the Salem witch trials. And these four friends are like the four witches that got burned. But no, it wasn't really just that. It ended up being like one of the characters' brothers that hacked everyone. And then when they asked him why he did it, he said he did it for the lulz. And that's when I really was done. I mean, luckily the movie was over, but whew, I rolled my eyes so hard. And yeah, I mean, Assassination Nation. Now, this movie I saw in August. So I, I went a good couple months without seeing some bad movies. This movie, I'm just going to say the name. You already know who directed it. You already know what year it came out. The Last Airbender. Now, this is actually a movie that I had previously watched. So it's I threw it into the list as a little loophole because... When I saw it, it was 10 years ago, but also I had not watched the cartoons. So after the movie was over 10 years ago, I walked out the theater with my friend. I thought to myself, I mean, it's bad, but 
I don't understand why people are so upset. Fast forward to 2020 after seeing the show three times, thanks to my lovely girlfriend introducing me to it. Shit, man, it's really bad, man. M. Night Shyamalan just disregarded everything about it. The friendship, the traveling, overcoming odds, discovering yourself. But nah, it was just a fucking rushed ass movie, man. That's it. That's all I got to say about that. Now, on to An American Piggle, a movie that also came out in August, right? Oh, no. I don't remember. It is directed by Brandon Trost, and the screenplay is by Simon Rich. An immigrant worker at a pickle factory is accidentally preserved for 100 years and wakes up in modern-day Brooklyn. It stars Seth Rogen playing that immigrant worker and his great-great-grandson in the future, I didn't enjoy this, and I never really felt a connection with any of the characters, nor thought that this movie was inspirational or heartwarming in any way, even though I'm pretty sure that's what they were trying to go for. At no moment did I really care for what the fuck was going on in this movie, and yeah, it was pretty boring and bland, unlike a pickle, which are pretty good. I like pickles. I don't understand people that don't like pickles, and yeah, um, it was pretty boring. That's all I gotta say. I hope... I hope something else comes better from uh, Homeboy, Brandon Trost, and Simon Rich, you know, because they collab a lot with Seth Rogen, but their last good thing was probably that end of the world movie. But yeah, I mean, very, very um, unsatisfying because I, I really thought I was going to enjoy it, but no, it was such a disappointment. Now, on to the next one, The Forest. Now, this is directed by Jason Zada and written by Ben Kitai. A woman goes into a Japan's suicide forest to find her twin sister and confront supernatural terror. This movie was painful, my dudes. Like, pretty damn painful. And, I mean, sort of disrespectful, right, to, like, everyone that has committed suicide in that forest that has, like, moved on that this sort of film makes them into these zombies zombies that chase down people. I know. I tried not to watch too many horror movies, but something about them just makes me go back to them. They're just so cheesy that I got to keep watching them. But a good amount of them are pretty bad. And yeah, this movie is very predictable. It's frustrating because, I mean, at this point, I had already seen over 300 films. And this one was just so predictable that I had it called the ending after they said she had a twin sister. I'm like, oh, this was going to happen. It happened. I looked at Lori, told her, told you. And yeah, end of that. Now the next one, the last horror movie in this list and the worst horror movie on this list, The Curse of La Llorona, directed by Michael Chavez and written by Mickey Daughtry and Tobias Laconis. Ignoring the eerie warning of a troubled mother suspected of child endangerment, a social worker and her small kids are soon drawn into a frightening supernatural realm. Man, fuck this movie, dude. Fuck this movie. I mean, being Hispanic myself, it sort of felt, you know, disrespectful. I don't know. Maybe that's just me. But also, come on, dude. It's like a lot of Hispanics grow up hearing La Llorona. So a good amount of us either like have that like chill when we think about it. Like, oh, yeah, I used to get scared of her. Sometimes are still scared of her. But man, this movie just threw away all that and decided to do their own Conjuring Universe bullshit, right? Because that's what they're aiming for. I don't know, man. This movie was uninspiringly boring. I mean, a lot of these movies are, but this one's just like, there's so much you can do with it, but instead they did nothing. They just try to do what um, 
who was the who, Warner Brothers? Yeah, they just try to do what Warner Brothers tried. Man, Warner Brothers, step back, man. Let your people be free. Y'all messing up the Conjuring universe and the like um, DC universe. Like, chill out, bro. Chill out. Now, the last one on my list, The Tax Collector, written and directed by David Ayer. I watched this at the end of December. Uh, a tax collector, quote unquote, someone that taxes, you know, local gangs. He pretty much ends up having to come to the decision of joining a new rival boss or staying with his family. And shit hits the fan because obviously the rival boss is the new bad bed and brother, uh, bread and butter. And David Iyer, disappointment, but disappointing again. I mean, man, dude, like end of watch was the last thing he did. That was so fantastic. If you haven't seen End of Watch, watch that fucking movie. I put it on just to like lay there as I watched it. But man, it is captivating and it just gets better and better. I mean, he's also done train. Well, he didn't direct, but he wrote Training Day, Fast and the Furious and SWAT. And I know SWAT isn't as good as those other movies I mentioned, but it has some cool characters and some great dialogue. And this movie doesn't have any of that. And also, I appreciate David Ayer giving Hispanics roles, but holy fuck, I'm tired of seeing them being gang members and fucking drug dealers and just always doing terrible shit. Also, you make Shia LaBeouf look so tight, so cool, so awesome. But he does nothing in this movie. He dies without killing anyone. It is so upsetting at this point. Everyone, this whole movie was just depressing. The character was just sad. You feel bad for him. At some point, you're like, bro, you should have just took in that fucking deal. None of this would have happened, but whatever. Like, they showed his uncle's head in an icebox, and he was still like, I'm not going to kill you, dude. Like, seriously, on God, not going to kill you. Let's team up. But he still says no. But he killed his fucking uncle, which, like, was the boss, apparently. But I don't know. But at the end of the movie, it ends up being that, like, the main character's dad set him up to teach him a lesson to grow up. I don't know. It was garbage. David Ayer, please stop. Or if you're going to do something, go back to your roots. But, like, come on, man. Let's stop with the Hispanics being gangbangers and drug dealers. Like, please, please. But anyways, thank you. Yeah, those were the top 10 worst movies I saw this year. And hopefully I watch better movies this year. And if not, oh, well, oh, well. I'll do an episode in the future about the top 10 best movies. Wait, did I say best? This is the worst. Next episode would be best. I don't know. Anyways. I'm a little, I'm a little big. Anyways, so yeah, this has been Hours of Movies. Subscribe, tell your friends about me. I hope you have a good day, a good night, a good evening, a good whatever it is. But yeah, you know, I just hope you have a good one. Take care and I'll catch y'all later.